Get ready to challenge conventional beliefs about what's possible in creating health, wealth, and happiness. You are listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. This hit show is providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. It is time to open and expand your awareness, accelerate your well-being as Megan shares wisdom, teachings, and experience from a lifelong journey of the heart. Enact the power of radical change with ease and lift your desires to a new perspective. Now, here's Playing on the Edge Radio. Wow, everybody, uh, Megan Edge and myself, Dr. Pat, we are here playing on the Edge Radio. And, you know, Megan, um, look, let, let's kind of set the stage for a moment. For people that know you, they know what your work is about. But for maybe some new listeners, you know, you have been passionate and purposeful uh, about being a master healer, a teacher, uh, a speaker, a writer, um, uh, author, uh, creator of oracle cards, healing hearts oracle cards. Um, so when we're taking on a topic like today, when we're talking about healing and we're talking about this particular form of it on the edge of the healed masculine, what it says to some people is almost like a double take, like <laughs> on the edge of what? Healed masculine? Yes. And this is an important topic because there is a debate going on right now. Um, is it an open debate? Is it an underlying debate? But it's something we'll talk about. But let me ask you this question. Healed masculine. Mm-hmm. Why is this the topic for the time we live in now? Well, Pat, I think it is so timely because of the conversations that we're having, whether it's across the kitchen table or across the globe, about what is the dynamic between men and women and the masculine and the feminine. And what we're seeing right now across the world is a voice gaining momentum and gaining strength of women and women's experiences. And what I've often said is that it's the women and the men who love them, the good men who love them, whose voices we're hearing because women cannot make changes in the world without the partnership of the masculine, of the healthy masculine. And, and this is near and dear to my own personal heart as well as to the people that I work with because so many of my clients are coming to me with wounds that have been inflicted from the unhealed masculine, from the wounded masculine. And as we've been preparing for this show, I've been looking at the, my own personal question of why is it that so many of my clients are women ready to do their healing? And so few of them are men ready to do their healing mm. with me. Now, they may be doing their healing elsewhere. It's not to say that men aren't aren't making strides to do, to do their own healing. It's just that I don't see them in my practice very often. I don't see them in my classes very often of people who want to become healers. And so it's, it's interesting to me. I'm, I'm interested in this question of, well, what does it look like for a man 
to choose to do his healing, to recognize that he has healing that needs to happen or that could happen. And because of the voices of women around the world that are getting louder and louder, there's an opportunity for men to step back and look at the way that they're living their lives and make a choice about whether or not they are living their lives as a, a healed man or within the healed masculine. And, and that's why I wanted to have this, this show be our, our, or have this be our topic for our show right now, especially because of what's happening in the world where we see women rising again, <laughs> it's not the first time. And then we seem to be seeing a backlash coming from some segments of some of the masculine population. And it shows itself very obviously, and it needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I want to talk about backlash for a minute. It's a great word. Um, back in the day, there was a book that was written by a woman. I don't know if she wrote another book. Any time I work with women, just want to say, anytime I work with women and they ask to understand the feminist movement or women's movement or women, whatever the word is, it mm-hmm. just the word woman. There's a book and it goes back a bunch of decades, you know, I think, well, maybe 91 or something. And the book was called Backlash. And when the book came out, people reacted to that word. Mm. But it is a word that we need to understand, especially for the topic that we are talking about today. Mm-hmm. Because when we say backlash, that means that here we are expressing ourselves and there is a repercussion for that expression. Is that what you're finding with this? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. And it it, it becomes an in, it becomes interesting because I want to understand why. Why is there a backlash? Why is why why when a woman finds her voice and starts to say no to the way that she's been brought up or the expectations that are being placed on her, does that create a backlash and what's underneath the backlash that usually what's underneath the backlash is fear or often it's fear of change when women find a voice things start to change it can't help but have that be the case and and what i want to be really clear about as we have this conversation today this is not about bashing men or the masculine at all it's about creating space and conversation and platform for understanding what it means to be healed within oneself and that's as much the external a man and his healing journey as it is the internal masculine energy that we all have in the same way that we all have internal feminine energy so it's not about making men the enemy it's about looking at the wounding and understanding what can be healed and what needs to be healed and why it needs to be healed that's really what we're wanting to get at the meat of today is understanding that And, you know, I think that one of the things that if we just made a generalization, which I don't like to do that often, but a generalization about wounding for a minute, and I'd love to hear your point about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up with a grandmama that, you know, whenever the kids got hurt, right, there had to be a healing going on. If you can imagine my grandmama not really talking very English very well but always having a healing remedy for something. And we're so 
good, Megan, at I cut myself, I need to tend to it. Mm. But when it comes to our emotional state or our psychological state, I don't know if we quite realize yet that the same level of wounding goes on from whatever that is, which also requires a healing. And I, I get the sense that today, as we talk about this, that that is the cornerstone for the topic today, is it? Absolutely. Yes, it's, it's an understanding that at the emotional level, there are things that happen to us throughout our lives that leave scars. And these scars, they, they show up in the way that we behave based on the experiences that we've had. So when we look at how is a, how is a man brought up in this world? How is the young boy brought up? What are the expectations that are placed on him? And how is, how is his childhood in the way that he interacted with women and with men in his life? Where are the places where his, his emotional well-being was not looked after? On, on either the way that people treated him or the expectations that they placed on him or the things that he began to believe to be true about himself from cultural references, from religious references, from historical references. And as that boy becomes a man, he brings that wounding into, his, into being a man, into being an adult man. And if that wounding hasn't had a chance to heal, the Band-Aid put on it, the kiss given to it, you know, whatever, I'm thinking of your grandmother and how would she heal that cut? If it doesn't heal, it festers. And if it festers, it becomes, it shows up, it, it becomes, it, la it lashes out and affects the people around him on many different levels. And it's, it's a very complex subject, not just healing the masculine, but healing the feminine, which we're going to talk about next month. It's very complicated because there are so many different aspects of our culture and our religion and our history and what's happening around the world globally that give us different ideas of what it is to be masculine, to be male, to be a man. And who am I to speak on that? Because I'm not a man. Right. <laughs> but I can speak on it because of my experience of men. Yeah. You know, what it's been like growing up as a young girl and a woman in Canada and the, the experiences that I've had of, of the masculine, of men in my life and men outside of my life. So that's where I'm speaking from. I'm not pretending to know what it's like to grow up in this culture as a man, but I can, I think I, I can imagine somewhat of what that's like because of the men that I've had in my life and what my experiences have been of them. Well, many men have written about women. I mean, so we, we just, I mean, look, we all get to share our perspective, but mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, when, when you get a guy like John Gray telling us women are from Venus, clearly <laughs> he does not know that experience. Yeah. Um, but in the end, there is a counterside to this, which let's talk about it. And let's talk about the perspective, right? of masculine feminine let's mm -hmm. talk about this for a minute in a lot of ways i think in some circles we have come to understand the blending integration the balancing whatever the the chi whatever that is of both masculine and feminine but in our pop culture at least here in the united states there are very different views about it mm -hmm. um and we're watching it uh and in it plays out it plays out in work plays out in your family yeah. And you have to ask the question, how do we know 
when a healing is needed. You know, mm. what do we mean by masculine and feminine? Because mm -hmm. I think we have to start there in order to have a sense, ooh, wow, I need that healed. Right. <laughs> well, sometimes the, the knowing that the healing needs to happen comes from other people's experiences of you. Right. So right. If, a, if a man lashes out uh, or has a temper tantrum, stamps his feet, he's upset, he's frustrated, he's angry, and he doesn't have a healthy way of expressing that or working with that or working through that, his reaction will often be physical, whether he punches a wall or punches a person. And, and this, is a, this is common. We see this. We see this display of male anger. And we often allow it to happen because there's an expectation that it's okay. He's being a man. That's what men do. That's how they're brought up to express themselves. When, that, when something like that happens, a very physical indication that there's an imbalance in that man's ability to express himself emotionally and have his needs met or, or say what he needs to say, there's a healing that needs to happen. And either he will recognize that in himself, he will feel like there's something not quite right about the way that he's responding. He will know that that's not an okay way to behave. And he may, if he's in, I would say, if he's open-minded or enlightened or awake, just like anyone else, take steps to find a way to have that healed, that part of him healed, to, to understand the source of it and the, the story that is being held there in that action. Hmm. Or someone else will tell him, hey, man, you need to look at this. <laughs> this is not okay. It's not okay to act like this. But ultimately, at the end of the day, for everybody, for each of us individually, the only person who can decide it's time to do some healing work is the individual themselves. Yeah. And so if a person is walking around, male or female, doesn't see the consequence of their actions, doesn't appreciate that they're being harmful or disrespectful to someone, they may not appreciate that there's a need to heal. They may not feel that there's a need to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Megan, let's talk for a minute, if we could, about where some of the um what is the best word that i could use for this but but where the either misconceptions or misperceptions come from mm. and how they affect culture and the times we live in right yeah. because we know what happened if you go back centuries we know what happened to the feminine uh the divine feminine or or what seems to have happened to that mm -hmm. but Fast forward to where we are now, and there are some that would say, yeah, it's happening all over again. You know, mm. the, this kind of thing that we do rather than honor that part of ourselves, the divine feminine or the divine masculine, you know, we're, we're in this place now where looking at embodying and appreciating is taking a second seat. And I can't help but think about what is the degree of woundedness that must happen to a person in order for that person not to be able to look across the table and mm -hmm. just spend time leaning into that person and getting to know them? Yeah. Well, I think first it's important to recognize or to, um, to acknowledge and know that history as we understand it, the history as it's been taught to us, generally doesn't include include her story. Mm. 
Yeah. And it's interesting because when you take those two words, when you take the word history and you separate yeah. it into his story, yeah. <laughs> that's actually that's how we've been taught history, both men and women. We've been taught that history has been a man's world, that men have been superior to women, that women have mm -hmm. always taken a back seat, have mm -hmm. always been the strong woman behind the strong man, have always looked after the children and haven't been the leaders of the world or haven't been religious leaders and haven't been merchants and business women and pirates. And, and the truth is different than that. When we start to look at her story, when we start to bring women back into the conversation about what was the world like 2000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago, we begin to see evidence that women in fact have always had a much more front and center and prevalent role right, wow. than we have been led to believe. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important, it's vitally important for both men and women to understand this, to begin to question the why of the acceptance that generally in our broader culture, women have not been as important as men throughout time. It's just simply not true. And we talked about this in our very, well, I think it was our second show that we did, uh, Bionic Woman, Wonder Woman, Every Woman. And we were looking at the question of what difference would it make for young boys and girls to grow up in a culture that showed positive, strong, realistic, powerful images of women as politicians, as laborers, you know, as mechanics, as heart surgeons, whatever it is, that if that was something that was evident to us, would we have a different relationship between each other, men and, men and women, and would we have a different relationship with our understanding of the masculine and the feminine? Archaeologists have demonstrated time and time again that there was a very long period of human evolution in which we had goddess-oriented or goddess-centered communities, civilizations, powerful civilizations, yeah. and then something happened. And this is, this is a really important piece to, when we look at what is, what is it about the masculine behaviors today that are acceptable, that have become allowable and acceptable, where did that even begin? And it takes us back about four or 5,000 years. That's a very, very short part of human evolution, human history. 5,000 years, it might seem like a long time, but it's really not when we've been around for 200,000 or 500,000 years. Something happened between the masculine and the feminine, between the divine feminine and the divine masculine, between the goddess and God about 5,000 years ago. And the, and the fallout from that is that the divine feminine and women in general started to take a back seat to some extent over the course of time until we get to today. And it's important that we understand that because it, it tells us that men and women can have healed and healthy relationships with one another. It has existed in the past, it can exist today, and it has to, it has to exist again for, the, for humans to evolve, for us to evolve emotionally and intelligently and energetically. This, this pain, this wounding that's happened between men and women, it has to heal. That's why this is such an important conversation to have. And it's a conversation that really starts with self-responsibility and self-actualization and accountability. And this could be true for all kinds of things that are going wrong in the world today. Right. <laughs> but this is really the first step is in deciding that there is an issue, there is a problem, here's the evidence of it, and here's how we're going to help it heal so that it doesn't show up any longer.
You know, it's fascinating. I mean, this is a little sidebar, but it's part of probably a show you and I are going to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and here's a comment. I was reading something because I think a lot of people are waiting for them to be able to have to go back to the movies or for the movies to be released, mm. like whatever they are. Mm-hmm. But a, an interesting bit of feedback came back about the new Wonder Woman trailer. Mm-hmm. And the comment was, we don't have a clue about what this movie's about. We just don't have a clue. Mm-hmm. So they created a new trailer. Mm-hmm. And then in the in the comments that are coming out i read somewhere i believe me it was like a post like a social media post or something and and the comment was this it was wonder woman 2 out of all the villains that could have been presented in the next version of wonder woman how did we land on a female villain? And I just thought, okay. And honestly, in my day, I just zip by it until you were just talking. And, and I thought to myself, well, does that sell? Is that going to be more interesting to me? Is there going to be a side of both masculine and feminine and both? Because when I think about the Wonder Woman of today, Mm -hmm. there is a beautiful blend of masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. But there's also this idea, right? Bionic woman, Wonder Woman, it doesn't matter, Xena, warrior princess. We are living with both strong men, strong women Mm -hmm. that we look at in the world. Does, Does that mean that the rest of us aren't strong? It doesn't. But here's my question. What do we look for? when we look and we think about, or we have an energetic hit about masculine, feminine, what is it that we're taking in emotionally and energetically with that? That's a great question. And the first thing that comes to my mind is relationships. I mean, think of it this way, Mm. your primary relationships with the masculine and feminine start before the day you're born. But while you're still in your mother's belly and you're still developing, you're already picking up on thoughts and ideas and experiences of the masculine and the feminine, simply by the fact that there are men and women around you. And then the day you're born, your first experience of the masculine is going to be the father, if he's present, or whichever male is present, Uh and the mother. And so when we look at what is the energy of the masculine and the feminine, how do we experience it? We're, we're really looking at what is that primary relationship that we have between the mother and the father? And then what do we learn as we're growing up? What do we absorb and integrate into our belief system of men and women from our mother and our father or whichever is the most present mm. parent in our lives and the way that they treat each other? and the expectation of what their roles are in the family. And before we even have language, we have already figured it out right. as children, because that's what we have to do to survive. Right. Whether it's a, whether it's a beautiful marriage or a beautiful relationship or, you know, beautiful, healthy experience or not, either way, we're going to, we're going to absorb that. We're going to grow up with that. And we're going to reflect that back energetically. In the work that I do as a healer and as an energy healer, especially, 
it's really fascinating to look at the way that energy shows up in the body. Um, and the general belief with energy medicine and energy healing is that the masculine energy that we all embody resides on the left or resides on the right hand side of the body and the feminine energy that we hold is on the left side of the body hmm. so for me when i'm doing my work if something shows up on the left side of the body either physical injury or i get an emotional hit from someone the first place i look at with the, with the client is what was the relationship with the mother mm. primarily with their own self as a woman if they are a woman or and as well their experiences of women in general if the client is a man and the injury shows up on the left side, it's the same question, except that it's not his experience of being a woman, but it is his experience of women in his life. Because we're always looking for the source of a physical manifestation in the body coming from an emotional place. And the emotional place, of course, comes from our experiences. That's where it's generated from. And if there's an imbalance between the way that a person is working with their masculine energy or working with their feminine energy, as we stereotypically understand it and then what we put on that as an understanding of masculine and feminine then we want to look for what is that imbalance and i have i've seen women whose masculine side is super strong and super present to the detriment of their feminine side and i've seen the same thing show up in men and vice versa <laughs> the balancing of it is in in how do we work with it and what value do we place on it and that value, that placing of value is going to be coming from those first experiences of yeah. our understanding of masculine and feminine. And, you know, this is really a conversation. We're going to talk more about this when we come back, because where, do, where does it begin? You know, where mm -hmm. is it that we started to create this internal battle, this internal war? And then when did it turn out to be a drop down, knock out, literally fight every day of our lives, Yeah. right? Where does the disdain and the hate come from? And when we come back, we want to talk about is fear the fuel? Is power the fuel? What is it that happens when the foundation of the unhealed masculine for both men and women begin to heal. Megan, before we go to break, how do people find out more about you? Would you give folks a bit of information here? Absolutely, yep. You can visit my website, which is meganedge.ca. And then my, my handle or my tag, whatever you wanna call it is Megan Edge Healing. So if you look at Megan Edge Healing on YouTube, you'll find me there. On LinkedIn, you'll find me there. Facebook, you'll find me there under Megan Edge Healing. That's how you find me. And then please send me an email or reach out through Facebook or LinkedIn. And I would be so happy to talk and see how I can help you. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at this and how is it playing out in the pop culture of the world and in our political culture across mm -hmm. the board? How does the masculine and feminine play out? What it is that we think is happening that demonstrates or that puts us to evaluate an event as less than powerful. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. 
Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www. DivinelyDrivenResults.com. Are you ready to invest in your best self? Join Sabrina Wright as she shares practical tools for creating joy and balance in your life every single day. Sabrina is here to help you become your greatest advocate and empower you to make decisions that will help you learn to live your best life. Live the good life, connecting your physical and spiritual self with Sabrina Wright. Every second Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationDocRadio.com. What would you do with the power of community? How do you create your own rituals? Tune in to Living Your Gifts with me, Susan Huff, Ancient Applications for Modern Times, the second Wednesday of each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Our lives begin with the stories we are told and the stories we tell ourselves. Storytelling is the key. To learn more about me, visit livingyourgifts.com. That's livingyourgifts.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Megan Edge playing on the Edge Radio. For those of you just tuning in, and also if you'd like to chime in, 1-800-930-2819. Uh, Megan, before we continue and talk about on the edge of healed masculine, and by the way, we also need to be clear that we're not just talking about men here, mm-hmm. right? That's but before we go there, give everybody an update on the classes you're teaching, all of the above, what you're doing, the conversations you're having. You also have another podcast. Please let folks know about all of that. Oh, wow. Well, we do have a new class coming up in January of The Confident Healer. We pushed it back from a September start due to current circumstances and situations that we are all very familiar with. So we're really looking forward to starting that in January in 2021, brand new year. 
the Confident Healer is my flagship program. It's my 10-month healer certification program. And it is an in-person program, although there's a majority of it is also done online. But it is a one-on-one work with me and the group of people that we put together for that. The intuitive energy massage classes are going to be starting up again soon once we are able to have groups of people together safely. So that's something to, to keep an eye out for. And and what else? Well, on my own podcast, I have Magic Mystery and Medicine is one and the Essentials Roundtable. We're hoping to start that one up again, which is a podcast that looks at essential oils and other plant-based medicines and natural healings to help boost our immune system and help us stay healthy, which is really important in these times. So lots of different things that I'm working with, lots of different ways that I'm showing up in the world. I love it. Yeah. Um, let's hop over to a misconception, one of the greatest misconceptions of our time. That is that when we either talk about feminine and masculine, we're referring to women as feminine and men as masculine. And so let's take a little bit of a deep dive into how that has never served us and the conversation on what each of us, whether you're a man or a woman, what we have inside of us, because if, you know, this sets the groundwork for now the next step of healing that, right? Because mm-hmm. if I say masculine and you're only thinking about like my men friends, or mm-hmm. if I say feminine, we're only thinking about, right? Yeah. We are so like not on the page. Yeah. Well, I think there's a continuum uh, it, uh, with many things. And certainly with the masculine and feminine, there's a, there's a continuum of behaviors or attributes that could be hundred percent on one side and a hundred percent on the other, but very rarely is that the case. It's really much more of a middle ground or a blending of different kinds of ways of showing up in the world. The, the issue that, that we're trying to get our fingers into is, is why would we assume that one way of being is better or not as good as the other way of being? And what we've done in our culture is that we've, we've exalted the masculine and we have devalued the feminine. So that even if a man shows up with feminine traits as we think we understand them, maybe he's he's kind, he's gentle, he's in touch with his emotions. These are the things that we often associate with the feminine. If he has these as part of the way he shows up in the world, that part of him is not going to be as valued. And similarly, but slightly different, if a woman shows up in the world with more of what we consider to be masculine attributes, then rather than seeing her as someone who is confident and strong, the words to describe her may be more like she's aggressive <laughs> or the B word, which I don't think we can say on the radio. And it's it's looking at how, how can we as individuals, regardless of what our, our gender is or our orientation is or the way that we that we see ourselves, how can we show up in the world and feel good about ourselves and have that feeling of, goodness be reflected by the people around us so that if I show up in my work boots and my tool belt and I'm ready to go to work and I'm and I'm showing up with more masculine energy that that's okay that that would be accepted and allowable and similarly on the opposite extreme or just to have it be somewhere in the middle so I mean it really does come back to what's inside of us but also how is that received when we take what's inside of us and we put it on the external, how is it received by others? And and what is that experience of it being received by others? Is that creating a healthy experience or is it creating an unhealthy experience? 
So that's that's where the question starts, I think. It starts, and let's go back. You know, whatever the stories are that we heard, whether it's Adam and Eve, it doesn't matter, whatever those stories are, there seems to be a victim on one side or the other of something, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways. And... Sometimes when we express our voice, when we make a statement about what we believe, right? Mm -hmm. We get categorized into one or the other. And I think this is tricky and I'd love for you to talk about it, is when we talk about healing, we're not talking about healing because of somebody else's perception of what's wrong with us. Can you talk about healing in the context that you help others understand and do? Because you work with people, you teach confident healer, you know, you teach people this. And there is a difference between stepping out in the world and standing tall and powerful in what you believe in, regardless of what people want to call you, and stepping out you know, either from a victim state or a wounded state. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? Because I think we get confused sometimes. That's why women are called, you know what women are called and what men are called when we do step out powerfully. Mm -hmm. And I think it gets in the way of us truly standing in our power. What do you think? I, I do think that that is true, that it does get in the way of us standing in our power. It, power becomes an interesting word and an interesting concept as well in this conversation because we think of a powerful man versus a powerful woman we have very different ideas of what that state is what that looks like to go back to the idea of where's what, what is the what is the healing and what is the need of the healing something that came to mind as you were posing that question i had a conversation recently with a man who said he knew he knew something need to be, he knows something needs to be healed, but he doesn't know what it is that needs to be healed. And so how is he supposed to start healing himself if he doesn't know what it is that needs to be healed? And my reply to him wasn't very helpful, I'm afraid, because it was basically, you're going to have to figure that out. <laughs> I can't tell you what needs to be healed. I can only tell you what my experience of you is. Oh. <laughs> But that, if that doesn't give you a clue, it's not like I know and I'm holding back on you. You have to make the decision yourself about what is it that needs to be healed. And until you do that, I don't know that the healing journey is going to be very effective. I'm not sure if that answers the question, but that was what popped into my mind was that, yeah. that conversation. Because he was really legitimately, he wanted to do his healing work. He really, he could see the the results of his actions had had terrible consequences and he didn't want to behave that way any longer but he couldn't put his finger on what needed to change or what he needed to look at and what he needed to heal and yeah we kind of let we kind of left it there well i mean <laughs> maybe he'll come back <laughs> i mean let's go back you know there are stories that have been told about adam and eve and those mm -hmm. stories are told in different ways by different people mm -hmm. but in the end Let's talk about responsibility for a moment. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the responsibility for healing the masculine in each of us. Mm 
mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we look to the outside yeah. and sometimes we judge ourselves so harshly. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we have expectations and we are in the face of those expectations not being met. Mm-hmm. But talk about the responsibility for healing the masculine. The responsibility for healing the masculine has to happen at the personal level. So when I look at my own self, my own story, and my work around healing my inner masculine, the place that it starts at is looking at all of my relationships with men throughout my life. And what have those relationships been like? And what have they felt like? And where have I seen good modeling of a good man? And where have I experienced the opposite of that? And then the healing comes from me deciding, me making the decision, the choice to see where I have been impacted and to understand the effect on my own value and my own sense of self-worth from that impact and then decide whether or not I'm ready and willing to forgive myself first for whatever allowing may have happened there and then if I'm ready and willing to forgive the other person to forgive the man to see him through compassionate eyes and I speak from a place of having been abused sexually and emotionally and financially I understand how hard that is for anybody to come to a place of compassion and understanding for someone who has been abusive Mm -hmm. to you. But until that happens, the full healing cannot occur. And it really has nothing to do with the other person. It doesn't have anything for me. It doesn't have anything to do with the external, the men in my life. It has to do with what I'm willing to see as my responsibility in how I show up in the world. And some of that responsibility is in my really understanding what my boundaries are and being able to step into those boundaries and say no to certain kinds of what we consider stereotypical masculine behavior that isn't healthy for me to be receiving it or for the man to be expressing it. Um, And that's that's not an easy thing to do. It's, It's something that you have to come to, I think. It's, it's, a, it's around finding your voice and using a new voice that you haven't used before. You know? And you and I were talking about this when we were getting ready for this show. Yeah. And you said that you, you see me as someone with a very strong voice. And yes, that's true now. But this isn't the voice that I grew up with. So my healing has been around finding that voice and using it more and more and more in healthier and healthier ways in order to understand my own inner masculine and then be able to relate to and work with men in the world however they show up yeah megan look i had a really interesting conversation with a group of ladies i work with the other day and uh um, i do this volunteer work and i never know what it is there's really no topic off limits just like you Mm -hmm. no topic off limits Mm -hmm. and the conversation was talking about you know, an interesting dialogue we're having here. And, and these are younger women, shall I say, mm-hmm. um, but they are, they are wise. And I love some of the questions because I didn't really have an answer. I mean, and I really just facilitate. But the debate they were having was so interesting. And they talked about this idea of partisan versus nonpartisan, because that's a big thing here. Mm -hmm. And one of them 
said was interesting. And then they all agreed. When does partisanship not work? When does nonpartisanship not work? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, when you're trying to fight for your rights, when you're trying to level the playing field and create justice, and one of the women was from another country, when you're trying to right a wrong, we don't have time to reach across the aisle. And I, I thought about that for a moment, and I thought about the masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. And most people will say that as a very masculine, but it's also a powerful statement by this woman mm-hmm. who is making a statement to in our country about the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And she was very clear in her view, stop with all the reaching across the aisle conversation. Mm-hmm. Stop talking about being afraid to say, yes, we will pack the courts just the way you did. I mean, these women went off. Mm-hmm. And masculine energy, because I don't have another word, mm-hmm. and you're looking in the room, and it's very loud, mm-hmm. right? And I'm facilitating and really said nothing. Mm-hmm. But I watched this in the context of our conversation today. And I, was I surprised? No. But what I heard from them is that there is a view they have that's powerful and it may seem masculine and not a single one of them felt that they needed to be healed. Mm -hmm. And I think this is part of what we're talking about today. There's a confusion between a woman that makes statement like that, right? And, And clearly these women were like, yeah, we're gonna tweet about it. We're gonna talk about it. We need you to stop doing that, Joe. We need, I mean, they went, literally went off. And one woman came back and said, and you know, we're going to be called a B mm-hmm. or nasty. We're going to be called that. Right. Who needs the healing? <laughs> Everybody. I sat there and I at the end of it I just thought wow yeah but boy are we afraid to say that to our presidential nominee what, what I find really fascinating is the way that our culture has decided what is masculine what is feminine so you're describing a group of women who are in a very masculine energy because that's how we understand men to behave that's right in other cultures and in other times and places, that's not the case. No. That would be the woman. And you can see this when you look at the, the goddesses of various cultures in the past, or even in the present. You look at Pele, you look at Kali. These are these are strong, ferocious female goddesses. Pele is the goddess of the volcano. She is the goddess of destruction and creating new lands of birth and rebirth. And Kali is very similar in the in the Hindu traditions. You look at other places and other cultures and women have a different kind of a voice. Before we went on the show, I, I did a survey. I asked a few people on through Facebook and LinkedIn, what does the healed masculine mean to you? And one of my colleagues wrote back and he said this, which I thought was really interesting. He said, I feel as though as a male, it took me until 65 to overcome the abuse I received from other men 
And he says, but that might just be me. And he says, as a result of my life, almost all of most of my life, almost all my friends are women because I hold a distrust for men in general. So this is a man talking about other men that he doesn't trust other men because he was bullied by men as a young, as a young guy. Right. Um, he says, I haven't really healed from the, the bullying damage, but he's worked all of his life. He says to open his heart. And what he feels is that if men were to open their hearts, to practice opening their hearts, that would be the first step to healing that intense masculine energy that he experiences as a man from other men. You know, in my practice, I see mostly women. In my classes, I teach mostly women. We have one male practitioner of intuitive energy massage, and that's open to men and women. The confident healer is only open to women, and the reason for that is very intentional. Part of the process of that program is the, the healer must do her healing work as well. And many of the wounds that women are walking around with have been inflicted by men. That's just the reality of it. And so they need a safe space in which to process that and to do that healing. And having a man in the room is going to change that dynamic. What I would love to see is more men doing what women are doing right now, which is finding that voice and opening their hearts and seeing where there could be changes, but also to be celebrating where there is healthy representation of the masculine and healthy representation of the feminine. You know, and we wanted to, we wanted to talk about that towards the end of the show to look at what about the healthy imagery of men? That this is why this yeah. show is not called the Wounded Masculine. Right. <laughs> you do a search on online for the Wounded Masculine, you'll find a ton of stuff. But if you do a search for the Healed Masculine, yeah, there's a lot less out there. So what if we were to focus on the Healed Masculine? What does that actually look like? What do we want that to be? What do what do I as a woman want my experience of men to be in reflection mm -hmm. of myself? What do men want their experience to be of other men and of themselves? Let's start having that conversation, recognizing that there's work that needs to be done, but really starting to create a vision of what does it look like when it is healed? You know, who are the good men in your life and how are they showing up? And what is it about them that you feel makes them a good man? And how can that be taught to others, both men and women, so that the masculine can be healed within and externally as well? You know, so that's why I posed that question. What What is the healed masculine? What does that look like? Yeah. And that's why I love the I love the question. But I also like the conversation. And I also like the possibilities of what you're presenting today. Because that's why we take on these conversations. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, we're taking on the conversation so that we can open the door to expand our consciousness, expand our mind, and expand our solutions, which also leads to expanding our healing. And that's the power of this today, as usual, taking on a topic that many don't want to take on, but do it in the Megan Edge way. <laughs> do it in that way. Um, and, and maybe we will do a show about how does standing in our power look in mm. the 21st century? How That'll does it bad. look for both the masculine and feminine energies? Mm -hmm. Are we really able to even say the word power today as women? You've been listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network. 
providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. If you've missed any part of this episode or want to find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca.